0: Hello, Mike Baxter here from Goal Atlas with Strategy Distilled for October, and I'm talking about AI today, Um, also a couple of strategy snippets about core values and a strategy development error. So how to factor deep uncertainties like AI into your strategy? The long-awaited artificial intelligence revolution is apparently upon us. According to London Business School a fortnight ago, business sectors will be challenged and business models will be upended. How then do we as strategists factor uncertainties such as AI into our strategies? As of October 2023, there are certainly a lot of uncertainties surrounding AI. Incorporating something like profitability into your strategy is relatively straightforward. It's easily identified, earnings minus costs, both carefully defined, its value is clear, profit enables reinvestment and/or return on prior investment, and strategic decision-making around profitability is a well-worn path. An initial decision on whether your organization is profit or non-profit, a decision on whether to prioritize shareholder interests or stakeholder interests and end decisions on how best to distribute profits. Similarly, incorporating customer satisfaction, operational efficiency, employee engagement or diversification into new territories, into strategy, is less of a voyage into the unknown than artificial intelligence. Here are some of the more important strategic uncertainties about AI. Whilst the role and value of AI is clear, In many niche applications, for example, image analysis or molecule design, its more general value within organisations is less clear. Many aspects of AI functionality are struggling to reach a point of stable and reliable functional maturity. For example, the hallucinations suffered by large language models makes them high-risk content creators. And finally, AI platform services, and features are evolving rapidly, making it difficult to decide when best to commit to AI. The rapidly changing AI landscape also increases the risk of committing to soon-to-be-outdated functionality. Our strategic response to such uncertainties needs to be well th- thought through, and a great place to start is the wise advice of Nobel that uncertainty and risk are different things and should be managed very differently. A risk, they say, is a known danger in that we know the potential outcomes and we can apply a probability to those outcomes. Uncertainty is categorically different. By definition, we haven't encountered these conditions before. The odds may be worse, but they could be far better. More often, there may be untold prizes to be discovered in the journey itself. We simply don't know until we venture out. Conflating risk and uncertainty within organisations, according to Noble, makes them delay action, winnowing potential gains whilst conceding gains to competitors, invest in suboptimal the devil you know solutions, and demand ever more information in the hope the uncertainties will be reduced to manageable proportions, which might might actually lead to unfounded overconfidence. Instead, a constructive approach to strategic uncertainty follows a three-step process, and this is inspired by the Nobel article, but adapted substantially for present purposes. Number one, develop a sufficient understanding of AI to enable decision-making. Try and get the entire decision-making team to a similar level of understanding. Agree, as far as possible, some clear stopping rules. When do we stop researching and start deciding and committing? Focus entirely on the opportunities to begin with. Focusing on excitement rather than anxieties is more likely to sustain involvement and active engagement. Number two. Share fears and concerns. Agree coping tactics. Having agreed the opportunities and the value they offer, we now acknowledge the possible downsides. What harms and costs sit alongside the benefits and value of adopting AI technologies? It's unlikely you will be able to fully reconcile these pros and cons yet. You may, however, be able to discern how they might be measured and evaluated. You may even be able to sketch out threshold situations when you might commit to embedding AI in your routine ways of working, or alternatively decide that a particular use of AI is not currently feasible for you. Number three, commit to experimentation. Often the only way to resolve deeply entrenched uncertainties is to try things out, to see if you can make them work in your own organisation. To quote Nobel again, think of your activities as a means not just to produce a desired outcome, but as a means to a deeper understanding of the conditions around you. Think of each of your tactics as a means of asking a question that can deliver an illuminating answer. And in the beginning, bet small. So how would we translate these broad principles into a practical approach to strategy development? We start with the opportunity definition, how could AI benefit our organisation? there is a growing body of evidence showing jobs or types of activity where AI can perform humans. And in the web version of this, I've got a graph from Time magazine showing the accelerating rate at which AI is surpassing humans at a number of different tasks. The key question is, where people in your organisation are doing things that AI clearly does better, is there a good case for introducing AI to augment human performance. The harder challenge is working out how AI could enhance more generic aspects of human performance. McKinsey's June 2023 research suggests that 75% of the value the generative AI use cases could deliver falls across four areas. Customer operations, marketing and sales, software engineering and R&D. Elendu et al's 2023 research shows that unlike previous technological revolutions, it is higher-wage professionals whose jobs are more exposed to the newer generative AI technologies. Building the opportunity case for AI can be a great way of discussing and sharing a high-level overview of where AI platform services and features could offer potential value for your organisation. Once your opportunity case is produced, you can then start to explore where the costs and harms of your specific AI opportunities might arise. Initially, this can be a high-level overview. What types of costs and harms? How likely are they? How severe would they be if they occurred? How easily would they be detected and mitigated before too much damage is done? And for a structured approach to this, have a look at failure modes and effects analysis. Deciding where and how to experiment with AI is usually the biggest set of strategic decisions to make. It is founded upon the notion of strategy as hypothesis rather than strategy as imperative. Good AI experiments ask good questions. Given the limitations of large language models and their hallucinations, for example, how could we still use generative pre-trained transformer models in content creation? without compromising content quality? Can AI technologies be used in combination to cancel out their respective limitations? A great example of this was given by Gary Marcus and Ernest Davis, who reported that ChatGPT4's ability to solve maths and science problems was significantly enhanced by using ChatGPT4 with a Wolfram Alpha plugin, and Wolfram Alpha enables computation of maths and science type questions based on its structured and curated archive of data algorithms and methods. Often the key decisions about AI experiments focus not just on what type of questions to ask but which tools to use and sometimes which vendors to partner with in such a fast-moving marketplace with so many new entrants. The final thought on experimenting with AI is that the scope and intensity Of your AI experiments ought to be proportional to its likely impact on your future success as an organization. One executive who took part in Professor Linda Grattan's survey on the impact of generative AI in the workplace admitted we have created a head of generative AI with a role simply to moderate and make sense of the hundreds of experiments we have running on any day. So AI is something that clearly has strategic implications and there are some thoughts on how to actually incorporate it into your forthcoming strategies. So a couple of strategy snippets you might have missed. uh, Eight months on from the publication of my core values book and I'm still avidly collecting the wisdom of others on how they make sense of and work with organizational values. And Brave New Work's newsletter from last week was all on values, and it included this advice on translating values into actions. Translating values into action gets us, according to Brave New Work, from empty words thrown together for PR efforts to principles that help steer strategic work and hold colleagues accountable to one another. From the same old motivational poster values every company uses to identifying and emphasising what's important and unique to us. From diminished confidence, togetherness and engagement to boosted trust, motivation and clarity. Nice thoughts from Brave New Work. And next, a rant from me about complexity from brevity, which I think can be a really important strategy development error. How many strategies do we read with sentences in them something like this? We will focus relentlessly on customer engagement, keen pricing, and excellent customer service in order to drive up customer acquisition, maintain our market-leading sales conversion, and maximize customer retention. In that one sentence, that's three causes and three effects. Together, that's nine possible interactions Focus on engagement, for acquisition, for conversion, and for retention. Focus on pricing, for acquisition, for conversion, and for for retention, etc., etc. Most likely, these nine possible interactions will give rise to nine strategic KPIs. Really? From a single 29-word sentence? Or is this merely a feel-good declaration that avoids saying what the strategy really ought to be? What is it we really need? Is it improved acquisition, conversion or retention? Surely one is more important than the others. And what is our preferred route to achieving it? Do we need to get better at engaging our customers, serving our customers, or do we need to shake up our prices? Surely it's not all three. So complexity arising from brevity, I think, is an important strategy development error. Look out for it when you're writing your next strategy. That's it for me for Strategy Distilled for October.